Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer, one random movie at a time. My name is Sarah. My name is Joel. My name is Aaron. My name is Joel. My name is Aaron. My name is Sarah. My name is Sarah. There was an old woman who swallowed a fly. Mamma mia, let me go. <laughs> As a devil put aside for Aaron. For Aaron. Whereas on the other hand, we are perfect, perfect, absolutely perfect. Superior, superior, not one of us inferior. Perfect, perfect, absolutely perfect. Quality impeccable, washable, unbreakable. Perfect, perfect, absolutely perfect. Thanks for telling me. Look, I wonder if you could help me. I'm trying to find you. insolent little wretch who can't talk to the likes of us. You are completely out of your class up here. Don't you realize who we are? Huh? But I've already told you. We are perfect, perfect, absolutely perfect. Great one, not a flaw. First class, top drawer. Perfect, perfect, we're absolutely perfect. The movie this week was Quincy's Quest from 1979, directed by Robert Reed and starring Tommy Steele as Quincy and Mel Martin as Rebecca. Now, there were tons and tons and tons and tons of what I assume were character actors in this movie, including one of the parents from Charlie and... Was, no, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Willy Wonka. Uh, but I don't know any of those actors by name. Like, uh, if you scroll through the IMDb, most of them don't have pictures. But it's this movie was just a colorful cast of people doing wacky stuff. Uh, hey, who wants to synopsize this thing? Anybody? <laughs> Ooh, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give it a try, Joel. Okay. I'll give, I'll give it my best. All right. <laughs> um, so this is a movie. Wrong. No, I'm just kidding. This, okay. is, this is, well, actually, you're right, because it's stage performance. It was like it was a transformed. Show, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's transformed into a movie about some toys sitting in a basement, and then one magical night they all animate to life, and and uh, they have a nice little song about how they live in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the people under the stairs. They sing a lot, right, in that movie. And then, uh, but then the the um, their existence comes into question. Uh, they're worried because they, they they apparently are sentient enough to know that they're going to die Christmas Eve. That's right. At a certain time. They're in the reject department. And what do we do with rejects in this country? Put them in the furnace. Furnace? Yes. That's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> Continue, I'm sorry. So they all draw straws, but... But honestly, I think they all, they, they just wanted to get rid of this guy, this guy named Quincy. <laughs> and they're like, hey, Quincy, it's up to you, man. Save us. Mm-hmm. And so he goes on a journey, a journey of epic proportion to try to find Santa Claus, the one, the big, the big red cheese, the dude who's going to save him. And that's what this movie's about. Yeah, pretty, pretty succinct. Uh, it doesn't, uh... I don't think there's any way to synopsize the movie without going through every single part and talking about it to make it sound as crazy, kind of interesting as it is. Because based on that small bit, you know, it's it's just a person pretending about a toy looking for Santa Claus. I mean, there's been hundreds of movies like that, but this is one of the most unique pieces of (laughs) thing I've ever seen. Maybe it's something people in England were more familiar with. I I don't know. You know, I, I, I grew up watching a lot of Doctor Who... And so I, I, I felt that I that I had a pretty good pretty good beat on on British British uh, stuff, but apparently the kid stuff is, is is really where it's at, man. Like this this was a trip. This was like this was a crazy trip we, we went on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like an acid trip. It was just um, you never knew what was going to come next. And for some reason, I kept trying to visualize the building that they were in. And it kept looking to me in my imagination like a very 
tall but very narrow building with many <laughs> stories yeah. just going up and up and up to Santa Claus somehow um, in the sky. <laughs> I emphasize that he, Santa Claus, lives on the third story and it's like, oh. that doesn't seem, I mean. Well, I mean, I mean I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to, to say that uh, typically when I close my eyes and I'm picturing Santa Claus's workshop. Oh, this is erotic. All right, so, you know, just close your eyes, you know, listeners. Think about it. <laughs> all right, all right, think about it. All right, so Santa Claus's workshop is typically like a, a one-story building, in my imagination. You know, totally, he has a totally. modest, modest living area. And then it's probably just like a garage where he builds toys, you know? But no, this is not what's represented in this film at all like it's like a multi-level like corporation tower right it's a department store but it's not i don't think it's supposed to be like his workshop well i I guess it is supposed to be kind of his workshop on the top floor but in this in the same sense that in a mall when you go see santa that's his workshop okay okay right i mean that (laughs) are we to assume that the uh a the santa claus at the top of this was actually santa claus and b yes that he lives there. Are there multiple Santa Clauses? Let's. Well, I don't know how you grew up, Joel, but my mom told me that every Santa Claus was Santa Claus. That he can be in all places. I think oh, I was told that he's they were omnipresent. Helpers. Yeah, he's omnipresent, dude. That's I... how the magic of Santa works. That's well, yeah, how he's yeah. able to go to every house. He can, go, he can be at every parade, dude. You every guys are parade. mixing up Santa with Jesus again. <laughs> This is just like the hardware episode. You guys love Santa Claus so much, you think he's Jesus. Uh, that didn't happen? Never mind. I had this pretty awesome book when I was growing up that was... I can't even remember what it was called. I think it might have just been called The Santa Claus Book. Mm. And it was like... Uh, I can't visual. I can't give an example. I have to like look around where we're actually sitting. You see the size of this, this uh, Ghost World Collector's Edition thing we have? Yeah. That's about how big it was. So Okay, that, wow. That's, I, pretty, I, thick. that's like pretty thick a, Santa Claus book. Yeah. Like yeah. an inch and a half or two inches thick. Yeah. It was just a, a big page thing. It was like, uh, I'll tell all about Santa Claus. That sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of affairs did Santa have? No, it, it just had like his full story and then like an explanation for like why he wears the coat and why the reindeers are the way they are and how he can survive in the north pole and all this stuff and it was like super amazing and i think in the book it says that santa claus has many helpers all throughout the world and they, uh, but they all do know santa okay okay but so, so like some type of league of bearded fellows exactly like saturday night down at the uh, warhammer games Okay. Oh, yeah, those pimply people. I don't play Warhammer. It's like when famous people hire a lookalike because they can't make an appearance or something. Yeah. That doesn't really happen, I don't think, but... Wait, you don't think so? Not very often, I don't think it happens. Allegedly, uh, I believe the rapper MF Doom has hired people to put his mask on and rap for him in his place. What? Hmm. Yeah. Crazy. He called them his Doom bots. Wow. So. That's pretty good. Pretty nerdy. There you go. I appreciate a nerdy reference. That's why I shared it. So this movie's not even about Santa Claus. <laughs> well, but 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 it, but it is, but it isn't. I mean, Quincy's it's a Christmas quest. Movie. Yes. Quincy's quest is to find Santa Claus. Quincy's quest. And we start off in this, like, basement level where everybody is, like, sad and lonely and talking about death and... Because <laughs> they all know they're doomed. For... It starts off with like a kind of an animated sequence, and then like we see Geppetto. He's not actually Geppetto, but he but might as well be Geppetto. He might as well be saying, "Oh, I can't, uh, I can't fix any of these other toys." Uh, right, right. Uh, no, you guys are all going into the furnace in the morning. Well, later, and then he takes off. Yeah, I know. He just <laughs> good night, toys. You're going in the furnace tomorrow. And then Toy Story style, they all wake up, and there's there's Quincy, who's like a. Kind of like a Raggedy Andy doll, right? Yeah. And then there's a big fat fairy lady. I'm calling her big fat because she refers to she herself. She refers, yeah. yeah. Like, that's that's the joke. Oh, I don't know why I'm so big. And then she's like eating like a cookie or something like that. Uh, there's a jack in the box. The there's bear. A, oh, yes, the bear. <laughs> oh, 
my god, the bear is like nightmare fuel. Yeah, man. that was gross. It was pathetic. Yeah, <laughs> it was sad and it's scary. I think I've seen that same bear costume late at night on HBO. I, I felt like I felt like it might be like an HR puffin stuff almost mm. like level. Oh yeah, just like, like the eyes just kind of were off. Like I don't know what angle they were on, but they were not like centered on anything. Like one seemed to be like that side, the other one was on that side. Why do you so think he was talking? Like you don't know who the bear is talking to because he's just he has to turn his head this way. I don't know. Why do you think they're tossing him in the furnace, yeah. man? Yeah, poor guy. Because he's frightening the children. This is this is a weird concept to me that there would be a store that has a bunch of toys and they had a bunch that were rejects and they're gonna throw them in the furnace. Yeah. I don't know why, but just that idea seems weird to me. Well, I would assume that there'd be some some kid out there like like this would be donated to a thrift store, maybe. You know, there's gotta be some kid out there to be excited just to even have like look at this jack in the box. It might have worked. It's I'm a, having fun with it, kicking it around, you know? <laughs> you know like, exactly. I feel, I feel like it's a Dickensian concept, like, oh, these toys are no good, hoof, into the furnace. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I was kind of He's seeing so it as a really old school, like, kind of dark <laughs> British history thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Imagine if every time one of your toys broke, your parents were like, I'm sorry, this has got to go in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they didn't have anybody fixing them or mending them. They were just going to go in the fire. Mm -hmm. So that's what starts off Quincy's quest. It's Christmas Eve. He decides that, no, if anyone can save us, it's Santa. And Santa lives on the third floor. So they he he gets sent off. Like Aaron says, I'm pretty sure they just like, hey, get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go do that. But remember, you have to do it before 9 a.m. Or you're going to turn back into a doll. And then you can't have relations with any women. He doesn't say that. <laughs> and that's when it gets... I mean, it's it's already pretty wacky. It's in the already very a trip. Yeah. It's quite a trip at this point. This is the most <laughs> notes I ever took. Or uh, anything. Including school. Uh, <laughs> so, so the first thing that happens, they leave that. And he gets... Uh, he runs into these toys that are perfect. And they sing a song about being perfect. And it's, uh, what kind of toys would those even be? The, not the kind of toys that children would play with. I, I felt that these were like the top shelf, you know, these are the kind of toys that were in the uh, in the glass case at your grandma's house. Totally. Or like, uh, you know, definitely display model only. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what's the porcelain? Porcelain is what mm -hmm. I was thinking. That's what I was, that was the word I was looking for. I had a porcelain uh, geisha doll when I was a little girl and it was in a glass case. And that's what it. That's what I was thinking. Like this is the kind that you can't really play with. You have to put it in the glass case, like Aaron was saying. Hmm. Very top drawer. I don't know what I would do if somebody told me I couldn't play with one of my toys. I do that to my nephews now. I have like action figures up on the wall. Like why can't we play with them? Because I said you can't. <laughs> Look at me. I'm gonna play with. No, I don't do that. Sure you don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a song. They, yeah, like I said, they sing a song about perfect. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. I've been playing this for Sarah all week, and she wants to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking at me right now. <laughs> well, it, you can't deny that this film had some pretty catchy tunes. There are some tunes that are pretty catchy, and there's some tunes... Uh, I mean, I felt like my brain was melting a bit. Yeah. I mean, but you know, I'm sorry to be so critical of it, but... The perfect song, I felt, wasn't too bad. It no, wasn't the, too bad in, in comparison to the entirety of the film. The song actually was pretty fun. That was probably the worst song, and it was still pretty good. Yeah. Like, they're, these songs are, like, catchy, and, like, I, I think we were all expecting this to be the kind of thing where we held on to our chairs because we were going to cringe our way through it. And <laughs> they started singing, and we were like, what is going on? Yeah. Right away into the second music number, I was like, this is musical theater, um, because I've seen a lot of musical theater now. Joel's seen a lot of musical theater. He's seen more musicals than I have, probably. I think I prefer them to plays when I want to just, like, enjoy it. You know, I, I want to relax. I'll watch something like Les Miserables. No, wait. Uh, uh, <laughs> something good. <laughs> One thing that kind of bugs me about musical theater 
it can be done really, really well, but is that these ideas where they have a song coming in, like, that is going to be a full song and dance routine. Whatever the idea is, if they're talking about the furnace, if they're talking about it, and in a play, too, mm -hmm. whatever this moment is that they're going to decide to sing and dance about, it's going to be a full-length song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was the only part that was a little bit long for me, was the was the musical dances. But um, even that, I think, you know, I did not like this movie as much as Joel did. I don't think anyone did. But <laughs> we all found it pretty entertaining compared to, I think, some of the other ones. It's compared to our expectations. I mean, oh, big time, yeah. I, well, I'd say the randomizer, you know, the randomizer giveth and the ran randomizer also, also taketh away, for, <laughs> you know, in some aspects. And I feel that this one was, it was, it was, it was somewhere in the middle. Like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I, I would say like immediately when I watched it, I was perplexed. I was like, really, what is this? You know, and, the, and then, you know, while we were watching it, I, I, I was like, well, that song kind of sucked. Well, that one was all right. But overall, I have to agree with you. My my, my mm -hmm. expectation was 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 I was definitely entertained, and uh, I, I think a lot of it had to deal with the with uh, Mr. Steele. I think he was actually he's actually pretty pretty entertaining. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's an interesting guy because I, I like I've never heard of him, but apparently he was supposed to be England's uh, answer to Elvis, which is kind of crazy. And uh, I, I told you he had that song about like a uh, rock like a caveman or something like that. What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh crap! I see. I should take notes. Yeah, but yeah. He was he was well known for the Flintstones movie. Yeah, he, it was he, started, he was Barney. No, <laughs> no, his song. But <laughs> the song was famous before that. Yeah. <laughs> it was famous in the sixties or seventies. Yeah, or whatever. this was almost uh, like the twilight of his uh, his stardom. Present this movie. And it's he's such an entertainer, you know. It's like he was a shining star in this movie, yeah. and they kept doing things that I I wasn't expecting. Like they were doing like uh, some Gilbert and, uh, Gilbert and Sullivan style dance routines, like during a song, and then they break into the song at the end. Like, oh, what were we watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my thoughts exactly. Well, yeah, I have to agree, and and. and I think Sarah put it pretty well, too, that, like, if there was something that was going to be involved in the movie, there was going to be a whole song about it. So, right. like, like it seemed like there were, like, five to ten minute intervals where it was like, this is a train, this is the song about the train, we're on the train. Well, I'll have this you know train. they did not sing about the train. <laughs> the train was only there to explode randomly. I, I'm just giving a, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> Very Michael Bay moment. <laughs> Why did the train explode? <laughs> Well, maybe it was uh, maybe maybe while they were writing it, they're like, "Well, we gotta we gotta make this exciting for the know, gender specific or something." I don't know. I was excited. I don't lie. I because don't it's because this was designed to be on British television. It has commercial breaks, so when they had the train scene, uh, he had been tricked onto going onto this train in the desert from a different dance number singing scene. <laughs> uh, by the way, there are, there are two antagonists in the movie. There is a witch who is the main antagonist. For some reason, she wants to stop Quincy. Uh, oh, because she's jealous. She was never bought, I believe is what she ends ah. up saying. And at the end, she uses these evil robot toys to attack him. So those are the antagonists of the movie. So she keeps trying to derail hmm. his trip. <laughs> no, Aaron, you gotta laugh harder. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that sweet, sweet laughter feeds my soul. Oh, oh man. Anyways, uh, right before the commercial break hits, uh, Quincy's on this train and he's like, "Oh no, we're out of control! Ah, there's another thing coming towards me!" And then, boom, it explodes. <laughs> we don't see what happens. Quincy's dead. That's all we can assume. But of course, because we were watching it on YouTube, it just breaks back in, and it turns out he jumps out before the explosion happens. But. That takes him into the magical Lango, uh, Lego land that uh, I didn't get so, to really see. So awesome. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Describe that area for me because I wasn't, well, it was I wasn't paying attention. It was definitely a green screen. Yeah. And I don't even know you could even really do something like that. But they like built like a small like Lego bridge and like captured like photo captured it and then like transposed that that image like over an actual bridge so that when Quincy meets this uh this fair lady doll 
uh, and like is trying to, well, you know, I mean, I guess he just about died, you know, because there was like a train explosion. So maybe he just realized that life is short and he's like, <laughs> you know, I'll find the first lady I can find, you know, and settle down or something. I don't know. But he finds this lady and he starts wooing her immediately, which I don't, yeah, anyways. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Forget about the toys in the bottom floor. I found this lady. I'm, you know, I'm out. <laughs> I gotta pick him up and take him back to the reject department. He's out of there. Those other suckers are stuck. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go back and save his friends, in quotation marks. <laughs> so, yeah, they, 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 they gallivant through a Lego, Lego, uh, uh, Background, back, back, background, yeah. It's, yeah. A, you know, as lame as I'm making it sound right now, actually, I thought it was very. It looked really cool. Definitely. Yeah, it seemed like they had a really low budget for everything on this. Um, but it seemed like I was I was paying attention the entire time. Like, it had my attention, and I was going to see what was going to happen. <laughs> Even though, you know, I didn't really think it was that great. Um, but I, yeah. Did we... There was the part where he met, like, the... Like, showmaster, magician guy? Right. Was that before the Legos? That was before the train. That was before the train. The, yeah. he, the showman Absolutely. is the one who sends him on the train. And that's, yeah, you Another want to be in show business. And yeah. he goes to the dancers and and stuff like that. Do, does Do they sing a song in the Lego land? I don't remember. I feel like they dance. Yeah. I feel like. Maybe there was a bit of a dance. Um, oh, oh, oh. I think, I think what happened was is he talked to her. Like, right. he, he, like, fell in love with her. And then he found out that she wanted a soldier. That's, That's right. And that which led into a dance number of him becoming a soldier. And That's going to war. right, yep. And he has to go get smithereened. Get out right there and get smithereened with the rest of them. <laughs> it's what they say. And because what are you, you know, you're in the military toys, what are you going to do? You're going to blow them up so we got more explosions. Were you expecting more explosions? Come on. After the train, no. No. No, I thought that was probably what their budget was yeah. for explosions. But no, they, they, there's like several scenes where you're seeing soldiers just get, getting blown up. Getting way blown up. You know, just, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Actually, this is like one of the things that was like part of the acid trip for me too it was like yeah, Quincy totally. weren't you just gonna like go find Santa Claus like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they wanted to insert an anti-war message into the movie <laughs> yeah, well, well done guys they did well it done. <laughs> they did it the whole thing looked like it was filmed on someone's like home vi- home <laughs> video recorder mm-hmm. and like put you know, in parts like this, they might have had, like, some Vaseline on the lens or something. <laughs> but <laughs> this was, like, a combination of, like, a shot way back from, like, a toy battlefield with, like, soldiers and a setup of different groups of, yeah, different... Red versus blue. Yeah, like, something yeah, like yeah. that. The blue guy was the French guy and the red guy was... British for some reason, uh, but and then they'd have these extreme close-ups of Quincy with these other, you know, guys. These other guys that weren't asking any questions, like Quincy was about why this was happening, or where the big generals were, or whatever. And it would be extremely close up on them, and they would look like somebody took like a handful of dirt and wiped it across their face. Yeah, and there was like smoke around them. <laughs> That's what war is like. There was also kind of like a weird light, like a weird, like, uh, darkness to those scenes. Mm -hmm. And I think it was probably meant to leave, like, a negative impression. It starts off funny saying, like, oh, well, I do like you, Quincy, but I'd like you a lot more if you were a soldier. (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes... How many people has that actually happened to? (laughs) Probably a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Sad truth. So oh, right Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I I remember thinking, like, wow, this is weird. It was like watching a real video, someone's home video of playing, like, soldiers on the ground or something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then, yeah, like Joel was saying, there's this little anti-war message at the end. Yeah, at the end, when all the soldiers have been smithereened, the two leaders are at the top of the hill, and Quincy comes, walks by, and he's covered with dirt, and his uniform is wrecked, and the general says, Did we win, boy? And Quincy says, No, sir. No one ever does. And walks away. Yep. Imagine all the people. What? I feel like I the guy who played Quincy would be like a cool person to watch do stuff if he wasn't in this character. <laughs> like, Why do you hate Quincy so much? I don't. I actually found this movie pretty entertaining, but I I did think that the whole, you know, what what is he doing? Is he trying to do like a Cockney accent or yeah? And uh, he's got he's got a little chimney sweep in him. His outfit kind of bothered me too. Oh, it's just a sp- I mean, it's a, I don't think it's meant. I mean, he's meant to be a doll. <laughs> he's doing too many dance routines in those kind of clothes. Uh, <laughs> we haven't even got to my favorite dance routine. But okay, so after the battlefield, Quincy is naturally discouraged. He doesn't know where his girlfriend is. He has to. He gets to a staircase, and the witch blocks it off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he can't figure out what to do. He thinks, maybe I should just give up. Oi. I'm not even. (laughs) Crikey. I believe an encouraging song plays there, and he uh, uses a rope to climb up somehow. And he falls asleep at the top of the stairs right next to a, a small lake area. This sounds really weird, and it is really weird. It's just weird. It's really weird. You're like, where am I? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yep. And when he wakes up, he's surrounded by wild animals. <laughs> Live action, everybody. <laughs> I mean, they're not, they're not real animals. They're puppets. But, you know, oh person-sized puppets that are being oh controlled God. that look really bad. They look the so lion. Bad. The lion. The lion is the, an effeminate, like, the, cowardly lion style. Oh, we weren't going to kill <laughs> Get away from us, oh! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely that point where I was wondering, I was like, where is this going? <laughs> this is another point where I was just like... <laughs> Joel, what'd you put in my drink? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like where somebody should have stepped in and been like, sorry, Quincy man, this part is getting cut out. <laughs> yeah. But it's the best part. He ends up swing dancing with a hippo. Jeez. <laughs> Which is amazing. And the part where he's dancing with the ostriches, the yeah. two ostrich puppets. Yeah. What's going, what is going on? I don't care. I love it. Yeah, man. His outfit is like a disco dancing suit with like Converse, which ordinarily I wouldn't be opposed to. But he's getting down in (laughs) (laughs) And the pants seem a little too tight. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He is way getting down. Wow. I just I just cursed. (laughs) It's so good. I'm sorry. Oh. It's, it's it's maybe it's a bad movie. Maybe I'm willing to admit well, that it might be a bad movie. But I was so entertained. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I think there are just moments in this film that need to be experienced. I, I think so. Uh, I think there's definitely some stuff that, like like Sarah said, definitely could have just been cut out. Definitely. But it was such a trip to just keep watching it I and know. see what the heck was going to happen yeah, next. Once I started, I wanted to know. I just, you, you need to know. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So. So what, what, what happened to him after? Okay, after so after the animal is when I start to get a little fuzzy. I've got. Okay. Uh, we did the Perfect Toys. We did Stage Show. We did the Desert Train. Lego Land. Military climb gets to the animals. I think that's when he runs into uh, Rebecca, the doll that he has decided that he's in love with. Oh, and she's she's like Quincy. You have to get away from me. Uh, oh. There's something going on, and it turns out that she's been body stolen by the witch or something. That was really confusing and weird. There, okay, there was this. Th- I think they did a um a scene 
there was a scene that I distinctly remember of Rebecca, the doll, talking about Quincy being at war. Hmm. But I don't think Quincy was there, or maybe... Uh, right, there was an in-between scene was in where, where she was like, Oh, I don't know where he is. And then he, she ended up looking in a mirror. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in that Don't make scene, me look in the mirror. Yeah. Or, was, or, or am I mixing two scenes together? Don't make me look in the mirror happens after he finds her again. Okay. I think that when she's like, I don't know where he is, that's where we kind of get the idea that, oh, the witch, the witch has plans for her. Okay. Okay. She's going to make her scrub the floor. There's like a duality to her where part of her is herself and she's like, I shouldn't have made him go to war. And the other side of her is like the evil witch that's like possessed her. Ah. I thought. I didn't know exactly, but. I don't like that. that I mean, is that <laughs> is that supposed to be like inside of us? There's an evil witch and a good person. Well, Sarah, there's an there's a little evil witch in all of us, as you know. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I I don't know. She needs an I mean, that was <laughs> a little convoluted in the story. The entire story is super convoluted, but it's yeah that part. Like, everything else, I'm just kind of like, eh, I could shrug that off. Uh, you know, okay, whatever. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, he runs into those. Okay. That one is a little too... I don't know why you did it. I'm also getting flashes of the scene where, like, he's walking up steps and then a bunch of cover boxes fall on him. That's the cli- That's where he's discouraged for the climbing. Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah, I think the witch drops the boxes on yeah. him. Yeah, but- <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the boxes fall pretty. on him like those giant fake rocks that you see that are made of like foam or yeah. something. <laughs> see, that's a good. Yeah, when we were we were at a shoe store yesterday, I was like, you know, you've got the the boxes stacked up to the ceiling. I was like, I wonder if anyone has ever just pushed the entire boxes on there. It wouldn't hurt, but you'd be like, ah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty immobile after that, for sure. Yeah, we're going to have to go to the shoe store after this, Aaron. I have a little experiment I want to run. Okay. Sure thing. So, that's this whole her revealing to be part witch. Her her father was a witch, and her mother was a doll. (laughs) Uh, Culminates with the witch finally revealing herself to Quincy and sending her evil robots out to attack him. Robots that shoot lasers, right? I have to say. Radical, okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, what's... Uh, you know, it's a pr- pretty straightforward. Uh, the witch has some control room where she's controlling these robots, making them do her bidding, and they're firing off some pretty awesome sci-fi zip-zap laser noises as they're uh, trying to crush him. Once again, reminded of uh, Mad Scientist and Love, the uh, lab laboratory scene we had where we had those like cranks on the wall and stuff like that. Definitely, like, that's what that lady's doing. Definitely, She's not some weirdo lady in the middle <laughs> who's supposed to be a monster. <laughs> um, so the robots were like cardboard. What were the card? The it was like a silver. Yeah. It was like the robot in Flight of the Concords. Yeah, I definitely felt it. Definitely felt very, very cardboard box, spray painted kind of quality looking, yeah. looking dudes. And uh, yeah, those old style toy robots that are all square. Yeah. Box. yeah. And he like takes them down with a bunch of different things, right? He like has like a tank, and he has one of those <laughs> like uh, airplane. Yeah, airplane thing. that he launches at them. Yeah. And, he like uses the robots' lasers against each other. It's and he does a roundhouse kick. And that's oh yeah, there. that's right. I it's a pretty action-packed scene. Mm-hmm. Like I was on the edge of my seat at this point. It was, I was I was very surprised at the amount of variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Quincy's quest seems to have a little bit of everything. You know, it's <laughs> it's got romance. I it's got action. I it's got dance numbers. I don't get who crazy what crazy I person came up with this and. Made it happen. I, I I wish we could find someone from the cast or someone just someone who 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 could give us a little uh a little just you know behind the scenes something a little something you know. Yeah, I'd like if we're doing this show and we actually get to be known for this for something like that. If we could hook up an interview with any of the people 
That would be awesome. It'd be really funny if we did have an episode in the future that was just like Quincy's Quest Part 2. Yeah. The Secrets. We revisit <laughs> Quincy's Quest. With us today is Tommy Steele. That would be awesome. Do you want to talk about the end, or do you want to leave the end unspoiled? Oh, no, we've, we've ruined everything else. Okay. The, I mean, the, the ending is also weird. The ending <laughs> was the most anticlimactic thing. I mean, I was following along the whole way. I was like, okay, we're on a staircase. Okay, we're going to go to sleep. Okay, we found <laughs> some animals to dance with. The whole time. And then we get to this robot fight scene, which I'm like, okay, robot fight scene. And then the very end... He gets to the place where Santa Claus usually is, but Santa Claus isn't there, right? Um, I, I believe he gets there just at the crack of nine, so he doesn't actually get to talk to Santa. He, he, he reverts back to yes, doll form. He and Rebecca turn back into doll. Re- Rebecca is in kind of a coma at this point. They make it really sad and dramatic at that moment. Yeah, like, like we're supposed to They're going to die or yeah. something. Yeah, they really do. Hey, Malkin, I was in tears. I was bawling on the floor. I had to comfort him, mm-hmm. but but I think I think Joel made it through. Hold me, Aaron. It's okay, Joel. Hold me. <laughs> Closer. Ah, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> My God. So this 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 whole thing it comes down to culminates. Hey, thanks. That's <laughs> I know words sometimes, just not culminate. Or, uh, interesting. <laughs> this whole thing culminates in Santa Claus showing up and picking up these two dolls and being like, what the hell are these things? No, he doesn't, uh, he's, he's being, he doesn't say anything at first. And then the store opens up and a bunch of children rush in. And they're like, oh, there are these dolls. And there's some snooty store manager or something like that that's like oh these dolls shouldn't be here i'm going to take them back down to the furnace and that's when santa is like stop <laughs> you have defied my orders rudolph eat him no he, he doesn't say that but uh the kids are like no you can't burn them and then they like kick him yeah they start beating on the manager yeah man the manager not santa not santa the manager uh-huh and then they all collectively run down the three stories to the basement where Geppetto, who can't, he can't stomach burning the dolls himself. So there's some guy down there's there. There's another dude, right? Yeah. <laughs> some crusty looking like dude. He's like sitting down there like polishing something. He's not, <laughs> he's just like killing time before he throws them in. He's like the executioner. <laughs> yeah. He's just sitting there like he's, smoking a cigar, getting ready to throw the toys this in. This job's going to be done and I've got to do it. So I'm going to do it. Put on my gloves. It almost looks like the guy was just going to look up at the camera and be like, it's a living! Or something, you know? Like some Flintstones sort of thing. Like, I don't know. (laughs) My mom always said I was going to get a job killing dolls, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill these dolls real good. (laughs) That's going into a little Australian. Uh, So... (laughs) It's supposed to be thrilling, like, is he going to get there in time? They want these toys. They don't want these reject toys to get into the furnace. They'll take them. Why wouldn't they take them? So they show up just in time, and they start beating this guy. (laughs) It's not like a simple push him out of the way. They start kicking him. Like, this guy's got to go to the hospital. (laughs) Hey, these are toy enthusiast kids here, you know? Like, I don't know, like, it's like... Train set or die, you know? They had, like, tattooed on their knuckles or something, you know? <laughs> These are the kids from Another Brick in the Wall, and they're punk rockers. Oh, they're yeah. anti-establishment, That's so right. they banded together to yeah. go see Santa. They're like, screw this Thatcherism. <laughs> hey, Santa. We <laughs> want these toys, and we along. want them now. <laughs> I don't know where the toys are. There's, there's plenty in the basement, I heard. Let's go get those toys. It's hey, it's, hey Santa, leave those toys alone. <laughs> That's what it is. You think you only the good kids deserve toys? We want our share. So, after they beat the crap out of that guy, everybody's got one of these reject toys, and they're all happy. And we go back upstairs... Santa's holding Quincy and Rebecca and says, I think you're going to live up here with me. 
because I'm Santa. That oh, seems oh, creepy oh. and disappointing yes, to me. Yes, it does. And it also... For some reason, as soon as the kids came in, I started feeling really weird about the perspective of everything because you're supposed to be jumping between the idea of these toy-sized people and these regular-sized right. people. And for some reason, when the kids showed up, it made it like even crazier to try and... <laughs> To scale the toys versus the room versus the kids. Yeah, Quincy like, was consistently changing size throughout the movie. I yeah. mean, how big was he? Like, when he was a doll. There, in the very beginning, when he leaves the basement, he is tall enough that he can reach... He seems as tall enough as one of the doorknobs on one of the doors. Like, from a perspective thing. But later he is small as one of those war toys that, you know, kids yeah. play with. So yeah. he's just, he just changes size to whatever suits him. It's it's terrible. I'm going to write a letter and <laughs> yeah. tell them how upset I am. <laughs> as soon as we can find someone from this movie, we'll definitely bring up the size to toy ratio issue. And I'm sure they'll just stare at us with this blank stare. And be like, don't you know... That this was only done out of the goodness of some donor's heart. <laughs> this was their dying wish. <laughs> this was made in a, a garage we with a gr- we green screen, you know, green screen background on it, man. What do you want? His we danced for days and days. This poor child died right after you seeing the movie. You should appreciate what this is. It's not for you. For the children. Definitely no lack of effort put in oh, on yeah. anyone's part. I think no. it must have been hard to do. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, it was kind of a weird movie overall. And I and I also started to feel sort of weird about the magic, like the magic yeah. of the toys. Mm. Yeah. Because it was like the toys weren't acting as the way I would have wanted a toy to act if I were a kid and a toy came to life. They seemed kind of sinister some of the toys seemed kind of bad or mean and that would have creeped me out as a kid because i loved my toys i was like my stuffed animal stayed with me and comforted me when i was going to bed if i had seen this i probably would have been like but mom i saw this movie where the toys were really bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they could hurt me i don't trust my toys anymore How do I know this is a good toy or a bad toy? Seriously. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, I feel like that's part of where you can see the influences that this is. Like, obviously, The Wizard of Oz. Oz feels almost kind of sinister no matter where they are. At least I feel I feel that way. I feel like there's just something off about even the nice characters when they're there. And you feel that in this movie. And then something like Alice in Wonderland where people are just mad. Good point. No, good. very good point. Was this the 70s or the 80s? 79. It has the feel of something like Alice in Wonderland or Wizard of Oz, but done in like the 70s with like very low budget and very low budget like recording equipment for like British television. And I think that the other thing that was really... The other thing that was really weird for me was the whole part where Santa shows up because I kept thinking this is kind of assuming that kids know that Santa lives in a department store. Yeah. <laughs> like as a kid, I always thought Santa lived in the North Pole or something. Very well established That's, me too. He had a he had a place where he retired to and then he came back out once a year. Or around Christmas time, and it's as if they they're telling the kids Santa does live in this department store where you're coming to visit him. Whereas <laughs> I think some people like us probably thought Santa came to visit the department store. <laughs> right. Yeah, they. I mean, that's the established characterization in this movie. Which, I mean, until he gets to the top and Santa's actually there, it is weird. I just kept thinking like how the kids would feel knowing that Santa lived in a department store and knowing what the underbelly of this department store was like. Yeah, they're British. They're used to disappointment. (laughs) It just seemed like the magic of Santa was kind of taken out by assuming that. Absolutely. Absolutely. The magic of Santa was taken from us by Coca-Cola. Speaking of which, mmm, refreshing. 
No, we actually have Pepsi tonight. Yeah, Pepsi. tonight, tonight, tonight on tap is Pepsi Cola made with real sugar, vanilla. Mm-hmm. Mm. Choice of a new generation. I don't know which generation that was. That was a long time ago. Nineties. I think it was like Generation whatever Y or something. Did you drink Pepsi Cola? X Generation. Uh, you talking about Crystal Pepsi? Yes, Crystal yes, Pepsi. I did drink Crystal did? Pepsi. Yes. I and drank I, one, one. I think I had one can of it. I or had a bunch. bottle. I didn't think about that. I've only ever had one. It was good. That's though. crazy. Mm-hmm. Did you guys believe in Santa? Yeah, absolutely. It was it was a very sad moment when I realized he he wasn't real. That was that was that was yeah that was a moment. Dang. Although I can't pinpoint when I stopped believing. I mean, I must have believed him in, in, in him at some point, but it was the way that I believed in God and the Easter Bunny, which yeah, it it's feels blasphemous to put those on the same point, but it was like these unknowable forces that my parents told me were a thing, like the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, except for Santa Claus was closer to what God was because he did this amazing tangible thing where all of a sudden we had presents and you know, you leave cookies out for him. <laughs> stuff like that. When we went to church, Jesus left the cookies out for us. Communion. <laughs> I I mean like, did you think of Santa as like somebody you were excited about? Like, oh, Santa's going to come and bring me yep. presents. Absolutely. Because I did. I was all about that. This is going to go on a tangent. When you were children, do you remember seeing the covers to VHS horror movies? Yes. Some, Actually, I was, I was, I was, when, it, when I would go to a video store at a very young age, the horror movies had the most well-depicted and painted um, covers and so I was, I was drawn to those, and I would stare at them, and I would get really scared and frightened. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the quality of the art on each of these covers was really well done. Right. They got some really good people to paint them. So. Yeah, those were, like, iconic images. They weren't, like, the kind that they would do for any regular movie. Even something like, uh, uh, you know, adventure and science fiction movies, they, they had kind of traditional covers, but a horror movie, for some reason... Had the icon right yeah, there. Very, very stylistic and, yeah. and yeah, definitely. The reason I bring it up is because I remember one horror movie. I don't know if it was like uh, Silent Light Night, Deadly Night, or uh, uh, one of the other many Christmas themed horror movies where it was Santa's arm sticking out of the chimney holding a bloody axe. Wow. And I remember being terrified. Oh, gosh. And. From then on, never being sure if Santa was something I wanted to do. And I think that blends into where I stopped believing in such a strong sense. Even today, I, I like the idea of Santa Claus the way I learned it. And so would never outright tell anyone, oh, Santa Claus doesn't exist. I'd rather, I'd rather side on the, uh, <laughs> be on the side of like positivity. Like, oh yeah, there's something like Santa Claus. There's a, a spiritual, sort of feeling that everybody shares, so why why can't there be a Santa Claus? Uh, but, you know, he might be an axe murderer. <laughs> Jeez, I'm sorry. That really sucks, man. I'm sorry. It's okay. It does suck. I was also scared of gremlins. Speaking of horror movies, the production quality of this movie did kind of remind me of a horror movie I saw about toys. I think it was one of the Puppet Master movies. No, I haven't seen any it was of those. very scary. I, I've seen... Bits and pieces of Puppet Master, but I've never actually seen an entire one. Mm. Uh, Scary I, stuff. Definitely, I, I definitely have established that they're like I, I know the look of a couple of like the soldier-looking guy and and stuff like that. But that's all I can really. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with any of the Full Moon Entertainment. <laughs> I know the the company that uh, develops this. I've seen a couple Full Moon yeah films. I don't think I've seen any. Uh, because I, I've never really dwelled into horror until recently, and I'm still trying to watch the good ones before I go to the mediocre or the bad ones. 
Although I did see the Halloween part four, and that was pretty bad. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about there. Yay! <laughs> so uh, I'd say this movie is a 23 out of 10. Dang. I. <laughs> what do you want to say? <laughs> Nothing. I was just going to say that I I believed in Santa Claus as a kid. Um, really, I really believed in Santa Claus, and I remember like having arguments with friends about it and telling them that they just didn't know that yeah. Santa was real. We have a shared experience on this, Sarah. Yeah, definitely. And and I really I felt. Uh, silly when I realized at some point, but I believed in Santa a lot later than a lot of kids do, I think. And I think in movies just overall, most of the time I don't like their depiction of Santa. Most of the time I think my memory of what Santa might be like was way better than what I've seen in any movie. And I felt that way about this. For some reason especially, I was thinking the Santa that I would have liked as a kid wouldn't have had a bunch of toys getting ready to be thrown in a furnace or wouldn't have, you know, had this weird showroom that he lived in and kept toys there permanently without giving them to anyone. And um, the idea of just Santa just existing at the mall or something, like, all the time (laughs) just was... Well, and in his, like, weird throne room that, like, he resided in, like, that was the thing that was just, like... This doesn't feel like the happy, warm, like, like, like Santa Claus depiction that, that you, that I, that I... But Santa saved the toys at And the almost end. like royalty, though. Like, <laughs> that, that almost was what I was like, thinking. Like, yeah, royalty, yeah. Or like, like some type of Game of Thrones Santa Claus, you know? Totally. It was like Candy Cane Throne, you know? I don't know. Maybe yeah. it was supposed to be like Santa Claus's kingdom, like a different depiction of what the whole thing is. Yeah. I don't know, but... It was yeah. very alien. Very alien in my comparison to... To at least, uh, I don't want to say the American Santa Claus, because I'm sure yeah. England, you know, it's just a strange depression. It's just, <laughs> it was it's just, just weird. weird. It was weird. But I'll say it was very entertaining, way more entertaining than some of the other movies I think we've watched. And even though I didn't really care for the music and dance numbers, I've seen worse musicals. I know Joel and I went <laughs> to one that was worse than this. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? You know, I'm going to have to say... My overall experience of this movie is I would show it to a kid. Yeah. I wouldn't say it'd be like the first, like, if I just, if I was like babysitting or something, this wouldn't be the first movie I would watch with this kid. But I'd be like, you know what? Here, I'm going to take a nap. Just watch this. (laughs) (laughs) I would not. That's my, that's my, yeah. I would not show this to a kid. Really? Because I think a kid would think it was boring. I would show this to people our age who had not seen it before, and be like, you've never heard of this movie. You need to watch it. And then hit the, you know, the play button on YouTube. Because that's true. And I... just watch their eyes glaze over when they're like, what am I looking at? Yeah, <laughs> the experience that we had, I think, would be had by many other people if they are willing to seek out this movie on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, and I haven't told anybody about it because I feel like I want it. <laughs> I want to wait till the podcast comes out. So that so that nobody the people aren't prepared for what we're talking about. You yeah, know? it's always it's always difficult with that with that time gap. Yeah, because you just want people to know about it. Definitely. <laughs> My, uh, you were asking me before we started recording if I'd gotten any critiques from anyone, and I just remembered the only besides. Uh, my friends, the only other critique I got was from my mother, who asked me if I was ever going to start doing movies that people had actually heard of. <laughs> well, you should just explain to her that it, it's the cold, emotionless... Uh, the randomizer. <laughs> randomizer. I, I, just, our I just looked at her and said, no. <laughs> she and I are on the same page. <laughs> I just, it's not interesting. I mean, you can listen to a bunch of like way more interesting people talking about uh, all the sci- science fiction movies that are already super famous and popular, right? By picking out randomness, we're we're getting interesting movies that most people probably have never heard of, and then experiencing them for the first time ourselves. But we also get classics. We had Escape from New York. We had uh, Parts Per Billion. <laughs> Just, I, 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 I like to think that we're great adventurers or explorers taking the, the less traveled path right. uh, to, to entertainment. And, you know, sometimes that path's rocky. Sometimes there's a pit of lava. 
sometimes. <laughs> it can be even perilous. Yeah. But I think overall, we're all just, you know, just there for the experience. Sometimes there's a trap awesome. by television. Sometimes there's a parts per billion. But we, we persevere. I think that from my experience of the randomizer, most of the time I've been disappointed by it. <laughs> but... <laughs> But in this case, I would say we were all taken by surprise (laughs) and it was actually pretty entertaining and I hope there are more as entertaining as this one was. Well, I've got good news for you. Uh, Basically, I'm afraid that the, the issues that we're having with the randomizer is because we're overworking it. Okay. We usually get about three movies out of it. And then it, something goes wrong. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to cut it back. We only did two random movies. Uh, last week was kind of terrifying when we pressed that button. So I'm going to put it back in its box for now. Right now it's in the workshop. I'm, I'm ready to maybe feed it some more AAA, see, see what's going to happen. Did you call a priest to, like, you know. But I'm, I'm going to pick <laughs> the next movie. Exercise it. Originally, my intention was to pick the movie Kroll. And I apologize to Aaron because his eyes lit up like a kid at Christmas going to the third floor to see Santa when I said that. It's like, it's, yeah, way to go. But I've got to change it. (laughs) That's fine. Because I'm afraid we're killing Sarah. That's fine. No, you aren't killing me. She's dying. No, you can pick any movie you want. Doctor, she's flatlined. The listeners don't know, but we took two weeks between this episode and the watching of Quincy and... Aside from Joel's breaking into song from the movie between then and now, Hand me the I paddles. think I'm ready for some more cheesiness. Clear. If if you want to see Kroll, game on. Clear. What do you want to do, Kroll or something else? Call it. I I, I hey look. time of death. Tell them what the options are. Seven o five p.m. Joel, you uh. We're watching two thousand one: A Space Odyssey, awesome. which is my favorite movie. Awesome. Currently, and obviously a fantastic science fiction cool. movie. So next week, we'll all get together. We'll have good things to discuss. I can't wait to hear some criticisms, if there are any. Aaron, I know you hate stuff. It's true. I'm just kidding. I'm it's the, true. I'm the hateful find. one here. Why am I so positive? <laughs> well, I, I think in this instance, you were the most entertained out of the three of us with this film. Uh <laughs> I mean, I could be harsher and more critical, but I mean, it was just a kid's movie. You yeah. know, I, I can't, I, I, why would I blow it apart if this is something that's just supposed to like, you know, hey, look, kid, this, this toy is trying to find Santa Claus, you know, mm-hmm. like that. I could get behind that. You know, I can't, I can't be very critical. Mm-hmm. Just wait until we do the water babies. I'm probably going <laughs> to break your TV. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the trailer. I've seen the trailer. That day, that day I walk. <laughs> so we're going to do two and then we'll make a choice and then we'll do two and make a choice. That's... And hopefully the randomizer won't break down further. Okay. But okay. I think that'll keep it so that, uh, you know, we don't go crazy. Sure, sure. I found the experience of watching this random movie very, uh, uh, I don't know what to say, random. It was very random <laughs> this time. And I'm hoping that Next one we get is just as random. We'll see. After we talk about 2001, what movie we get. Oh, yeah, we didn't come up with an ending. Oh, did you well, ask Well, hey, Joel, where, where, where can people find us on I don't this, on this internet people. thing? I don't want to tell people to find us. They're going to kill us. Well, where, where, well, I mean, if they want to say they were like, they watched this Quincy's Quest, right? All right. Well, okay. 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 Aaron, say if they, if say they, they were on Twitter, Aaron, where would they tweet us? Well, I think they might find... Me at Hyperhero Man on Twitter. Okay. Theoretically. And I'm at JDT Movies. And if you want to just do the podcast in general, it's at Space uh, Outer Space Pod. Outer Space Pod is the Twitter feed for our show. And if you want to send us an email, you can reach us at please don't podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we haven't got any sort of emails about, uh, suggestions or anything like that. I know our listenership is almost zero, so that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, we're going to be looking for people to come onto the podcast and, uh, talk about a movie that they want to talk about. So, you might want to, if that perks your interest at all, you know, just, uh, send us a line. 
Yeah, you could send us an email and just say... Um, Reserve this one. Yeah, which movie you'd be interested in listening to with us and maybe podcasting with us. Mm -hmm. And if you want to send any checks our way, you just got to put them in the mail, right? Joel Torres, care of uh, cash. (laughs) And uh, we can get a second microphone. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you can also like us on Facebook. Oh, yeah, we have a Facebook page. Send me to outer space. Yes. I forget about that, too. I am the worst. You are not. You're beautiful and amazing. I am the second worst after Aaron. There you go. So, <laughs> Avitason, goodbye. Uh, how, how do you say goodbye in Klingon? Uh, well, the only word in Klingon I know is kapla. What is kapla? I think it's like for glory or for war or something. Kapla! <laughs> and then you strike your chest. The Klingon. Right, might, mighty warrior you are. The Klingon don't have a word for goodbye. We just say kapla. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. They can't hear you waving. <laughs> and if you've been through what I've been through lately, you'll realize that friendship is, but it's something of great value. Honest. When happiness rushes out, as Mr. Trouble rushes in, when others give up on you, Ready to begin Quincy Quincy Without a doubt on what a friend is all about so scared yeah, of gremlins, gremlins i never saw it mm. i've seen the first one i've never seen the second one but i had every single trading card for the second one and i loved all the different gremlins yeah, that's why that cool. in the movie. collect them all electricity gremlin yep. vegetable gremlin spider gremlin mm-hmm. they look so cool but I, I still have yet to see that film i've heard many times recently that it is Superior to the first one because it is a self-aware, like, horror comedy that's making fun of the tropes of that's cool. the first movie and other movies. And But I remember it very entertaining when I saw it as a child, although the spider was terrifying. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> there could be a spider gremlin in this room. Ah! <laughs> Spider-Gremlin.